Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2136. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Crestview, Florida, in the panhandle, with a very special guest by the name of Joshua Rollins. Joshua, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? We are ready. Yes, ready indeed. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into this very cool world you work in, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you? So one of the things that... uh very near and dear to me is uh, my grandpa was the first master Porsche tech in the state of Vermont. So Whoa. throughout my entire life, it's it's run through the blood. He had service stations that specialized in Audi, Porsche, and, um, and Volkswagen. So growing up, I, I was always surrounded by 928s and 914s and 924s and air-cooled 911s. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's something that's ingrained in me. Lucky you. Well, back in the day, you think about 60s, well, 60s, you're too young for that, but 70s, 80s, uh, that would be my world. Uh, That would be pretty cool. And back when Porsche was tied closely to Audi and Mm -hmm. Volkswagen, which now they're kind of back tied to Volkswagen. You know, funny how things kind of go around. Very cyclical. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But uh, well, that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty fun. Uh, And that's where it all started. Sounds like that's when the uh, oil started running through the veins and the DNA got set. So we're going to talk about a very cool world you're living in now. So let me give you a proper introduction. Joshua Rollins is the marketing manager at Velocity Modern Classics, where he and his team restore and modernize classic Ford Broncos, international scouts, and a wide range of vintage vehicles. They're internationally known for their superior restorations, attention to detail, and meticulous restoration processes. Joshua comes from a long lineage of automotive professionals, as he shared. His grandfather was the first master Porsche tech in Vermont, as he said. And his father has been a master Toyota tech working with that brand for over 40 years. This runs in the family. Joshua earned his NADA Academy certificate in dealership operations. He's an automotive marketer and worked with Dealer.com, one of the largest automotive marketing companies in the United States. He runs the Okaloosa, I like that word, Okaloosa, Cars and Coffee, (laughs) one of the largest automotive events in the Pensacola, Florida area. And he's a huge dog lover with a love for beagles. And he's a guy who has rescued numerous of these dogs. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So please give them a little love. They're the reason our lights are on today. And we'll be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. 
I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance is your go-to for your vintage and classic vehicles, but did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles. If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Joshua, we are back. I want to dive a little deeper into this world you find yourself in. Before we talk about Velocity Modern Classics and what you're doing, because what you guys are doing is oh so cool, I want to talk a little bit about the car market because you come from working in the car world. You've been at many dealerships, including Dealer.com, which is a massive organization. When we look at what's going on in the car and specifically the collector car world right now, things are a little crazy. I mean, they're it's, they're on fire. So yeah. I want I want a professional's interpretation. What the heck's going on? So as we know, the pandemic caused some crazy stuff to happen inside of our economy manufacturers having issues with microprocessing chips. So as you're not getting the new car, so I currently own a, a GT4 718, getting that car was really tough to get. And I actually paid over window sticker for it. Yeah. Ouch. So it, it's, it's hard to get the cars right now. So as you're looking at that, some of these classic cars have started really taking off because the lack of that inventory. So if you can't get new cool stuff, well, let's go back and look at some of the old cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think as people that are my age, you know, you're, you're mid thirties starting to hit into the forties, those cars that you dreamt up as a kid, you now get the means to be able to buy it. So, you know, like we're doing the Broncos right now. I remember as a kid, it was, it wasn't, you know, it, yeah, the Bronco, it was a cool car, but what we do is we make it a lot cooler than what Ford ever really originally made it. So I think that's part of it is that as my generation starts coming into their own, as they're starting to make more money, that we're now able to afford the cars that we look back on and, and kind of herald as that, uh, you know, a memory car, you know, the Ford Bronco going down to the the beach with mom and dad and um you know, it, it just sparks that memory inside of you and you want one or it's the, you know, the performance car that you had the poster of in your bedroom that now all of a sudden, OK, I can afford to buy it. Well, they're not making those cars anymore. 
Those cars have a set number that are made. They're being wrecked every year. They're being, you know, rusted into the ground. So as you get less of them, you know, the values of them start going up. So I think that's kind of where we're going. I, I, I feel like there's a little bit of a bubble right now on them. But, uh, you know, hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully they just keep appreciating. So you millennials causing all yeah, this. Yeah, us millennials. Well, thanks a lot. You know, I really appreciate for, for this older guys, you know. Yeah, it's all about, well, it's basic economics, supply and demand, right? Correct. And I, I know I'm going through this right now. My listeners know I just sold my my beloved Orange Crush a couple months ago and bring a trailer. It just becomes so precious and so viable that I found myself not driving it. And I like to drive cars. So now I'm in the market for, I've decided I want something newer, but I was in a deal the other day and well, we are, we're adding $36,000 to the MSRP. I can't do that. I, I'm from old school where you negotiate, you never pay MSRP, much less, especially in a new car that's basically a depreciating asset. I know some of them are not, but anyway, that's a story for another day. <laughs> but yeah, so you're to, well, good. Now I know who to blame you guys. You know, it's, it's us. Yep. <laughs> I've got two kids that are in the same age bracket. So I'll just say you're the problem. Mm, yeah, okay. That's right. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Well, this is okay because this has led to an incredibly cool market. And I've had people on this show who reimagine old cars. The the, the singer, the, the king of Porsche rebuilds, uh, John Wilhoyt, Rod Emery. I've had other people that do Jonathan Ward, who started it way before it was cool. Now, Velocity Modern Classics. Let's talk about this brand you're a part of. You're fairly new at this business. Uh, yeah. you're, you've kind of slotted yourself right into a very cool career spot based on your history and your passion. So tell our listeners a lot more about Velocity Modern Classics. So we have an amazing facility. Um, our facility is 135,000 square foot. Whoa. It, it basically was a plane manufacturing facility yeah. that we repurposed to an automotive manufacturing facility. Wow. We take the old Broncos that we are looking for are the oldest, roughest ones that we can find. We don't want to take the ones that are nice that, you know, they're, they're selling for $40,000, $50,000. We want to find them in a field. We want to find them in a barn. We want to find the rough ones that, you know, have rust. We completely disassemble them. We basically throw away everything but the frame and the VIN, and we build them basically brand new from the ground up. So we are putting all new bodies on them. We are putting Willwood brakes on basically all of them. We do Dana 44 front. We do Ford nine inch rear. We do all new suspension, all new steering components. Each one of our trucks has an up-to-date stereo system with Bluetooth in it. So we modernize it and we make it into something that you'd see today, that you could go into a showroom and look at it and it would look like it was a, you know, a vintage car, but it would act and drive and feel like something modern really cool that really sets us apart from a lot of our competitors is that everything is in-house here. So we have five access machine. We do all our own billet parts in-house. All of our interiors are hand stitched right here in Pensacola, Florida. And we assemble them all in-house as well. Everything. We, we do all our powder coating. We do all our stripping. We do all of our paint work here. We do all of our interior work here. We do all the assembly here. And what makes us our big biggest competitive advantage is our timeline. So if you came to us today and said, I really want a Bronco, I want it in by 4th of July next year, you're, most of our competitors are going to say, you know, it's going to take us it, it, two years to build the truck for you. Right. Our timeline's 14 weeks. What? So you come to us Wait today. Okay, be careful say, what you just promised. 14 yeah, weeks? What? 14 weeks is our build process. Yep. Whoa. 
So, Holy cow. you know, that it, it may take a couple of weeks for you to get into the production cycle, yeah. but once it hits production, it's a 14 week process from week one to when it's going through the final Q, QC process, going on the dyno to make sure, you know, it, it drives just like we say it's going to drive. Uh, we put five to 700 miles of uh, test drive on it to make sure that there's not going to be any problems. And then we ship it out to the customer. I, you know, I just, I wonder if you have job applications for those test drives. That sounds like a pretty good job. Take this out it's and drive it for bad. five. Yeah, five, seven. Or, you know, this is pretty cool because this is another part of this change in the market. And I was going to ask you, are your customers, do they tend to be uh, these millennials? Or are they also old? Well, my kids call me that boomer guy. The boomer guys. Yeah, that's okay. Go ahead. Call me. I don't care. I'll wear that badge with pride. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've been around. I survived. Is it a broad variety of people that are buying these cars so they could go out and drive them and have fun and be comfortable, but not feel like they're so precious? So one of the things that, you know, we, we tell our customers is that you've got the really cool vintage looks without the issues of having a carburetor on. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> or, or points, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, all the engines are switched over to the coyote 5.0. So, Ooh. you know, you've got the 430 to 460 horsepower, depending on what, what version you use of it. So that's one of the things that we tell of our customers. So our, our customers range from, 25 year olds up to 65 70 year olds great um the average customer is under 50 though okay yeah well again you're making these things i keep using the word precious but i I relate to this because i've been through it i've had cars in my past that are original i was always into original cars they had to be original i didn't like modifying things and now i'm completely different i mean when you go drive let's say i love 356s. You go drive yep. a oh. Wilhoy build, an Emery build, you don't want an original 356. Much yeah. less would you leave it parked at the curb. Uh, what you're doing is making these things drivable, enjoyable, reliable. That's important, right? Yep. Now, besides the Broncos, what other, and the Scouts, you do other cars too, right? We do, yeah. Um, so the biggest focus for us is, you know, obviously the Bronco, because those are the ones that the parts are easiest to get. That said, you know, we will also do just about anything if you're willing to spend the time and the money to to make it, you know, a custom build. So our custom builds typically range from, you know, 400,000 to seven to 800,000, you know, depending on, you know, what the customer wants. We just finished with a really cool Scout Traveler, uh, Scout 2 Traveler. And the customer wanted it to be three rows. Well, Scout never put three rows of seats in one of their Scouts. So we had to basically, you know, reassemble the whole floor pan. We had to (laughs) brace everything on it to make sure that it was safe. It was a super cool project. We did all teak wooding on the inside with a custom baby blue paint. It was it was a beautiful vehicle. That's the so one you sent me the picture of, right? That's the one I sent you the picture oh, of, yeah. Gorgeous. It's, it's yeah gorgeous. I, I looked at the picture and I went, What wait a minute. Something's what's what's different about this? And yeah. you start studying it. Now I have to ask this question because you know, you millennials are into these E V things. Is that a future? Have you built an E V reimagined vehicle? We have not. I can't really talk about it. Okay. Well, I understand. <laughs> I understand. You know, I've, I've talked to so many people in the last year and a half in that world, particularly battery technology, people building battery technology, and people building everything from like the Mullen 
a very high-end, you know, EV SUV yep. uh, that he's built, building to all sorts of things. And I was just talking with a guest the other day, Isabel Dando, who she's the CEO of Moak. Remember the Moaks? They're like the little Jeep. Again, you're too young. Yes. No, <laughs> yeah, the, I do actually remember those. Yeah, they came out with the Mini. It was a Mini Moke, and it looks like a a Jeep that's been squished. Well, that company has been acquired by a technology venture capital company and they're building all electric Moke. So again, reimagined vehicles. So yeah, I've no doubt we're going to probably see one in your world. But let's do this again in probably about six to eight months and we can have a different conversation. We'll have some fun. I think so. <laughs> that's a good idea. So I like to ask my guests about inspirational people. Now, obviously you talked about your dad, your grandpa, uh, being involved in the car world, were they big mentors for you or was there somebody else in your life? Yeah, I mean, uh, my work ethic and, you know, the way I work really stemmed from the education that I got from my grandpa. Um, you know, I started working with him at the garage when I was child labor laws. Don't listen to this. But when I was like 13, you know, I was I was out changing oil and working in the shop, doing random stuff with him. Um, by the time I was 18, I was pulling engines and doing engine swaps. So, you know, it really stemmed from the education that, you know, that he, he brought me growing up and really him mentoring me and showing me the way. You know, I think young kids in that kind of work environment, obviously you're not used to slave labor. You're out there with your grandpa <laughs> learning, but I mean, those are invaluable invaluable things. My dad was an architect and I used to go into, he worked all the time. Saturday mornings, I would go into the office with him and hang out and yep. he would pay me to clean his office. And I'd kind of, what are you doing, dad? What are you working on? And inspired that creativity in me and so forth. So uh, yeah, those are wonderful, wonderful. I mean, those are like little mini MBAs for little kids, right? Uh, and it's the, I mean, the best memories I can remember were always at the shop. You know, we, it's just, you know, we, we, during the summertime, we basically lived there, you know, and just, just so much happened and such, so much of my, you know, manhood is because of those early childhood memories. I guess they're adolescent memories of, you know, being with him and seeing what he was doing and seeing how he managed the business and seeing how, you know, word of mouth was really the way that, he built his business. You know, there was no, there was no digital, there was no way to market that way. I mean, you had the traditional marketing, but he really built it based off of his quality of work, his workmanship and the word of mouth. I mean, just amazing business model. You know, those of us who were fortunate to have parents and grandparents, patriarchs and family members that took us under the wing and, and we got to spend that time uh, was so, so special. I mean, we're, we're really fortunate folks. That's for sure. If you were going to advise a young person, being a young person yourself, a young person to go into the field, automotive field that you're involved in or anything in the automotive field, what's some advice would you give them? Because I hear this from many listeners of mine. I, I created Cars Yet to inspire others, to, to help yeah. them realize that you can have a life and a career in this world that you're passionate about. And I've had so many guests on the show now, 2,136, who've proved that. <laughs> How would you advise becoming the mentor like your grandfather was to you, a young person listening today of how they even get started? So I think there's a couple different things. One of them is that the biggest limiter in your self-growth is you. Yeah. You're not, you, you don't dream big enough. You don't look big enough. You don't look to the future far enough. That for me, I'm, I'm still fighting that, right? You know, you, you, you look at things and 
like there's no way I can make it there. But there is. I mean, there it, it, you're meeting new people, you're networking. As a young person, I would say, and this is probably against the grain, you know, don't don't go to college right off. I, I still have yet to have a college degree, but go into a field where you can learn, go into it open-minded, someplace that you can grow, someplace that makes you feel at home and just do it. Like go to work to work, work as hard as you can, be the hardest working person in the room and learn as much as you can, because that'll help propel you to those next levels. It'll help get you to where you want to go. I think there's a, a perception in our culture right now that you have to go to college to be successful. And as I'm networking with more and more people, a lot of entrepreneurs that I, I meet that are very, very successful have never went to college. So, you know, for me, I think it's that it, it's more of a work ethic than it is an education. Uh, great advice. I think things are changing with college. And I think the colleges themselves have They've created this environment by making yeah. it just way too expensive. If you start to look at just basic business sense ROI, uh, yeah. there's not a very good ROI when you go into debt for a couple hundred grand to get a piece of paper yeah. that probably maybe you don't really need. And I'm not against school. I went to college. I, I spent a lot of money sending my kids to college. I was very happy to be able to do that. That helped propel them. However, uh, this field of automotive, there's a lot of opportunity here. Tech Force Foundation, RPM Foundation, which I support here as my charities of choice, prove there's a way and there's a path to do that. Yeah. And uh, you're right. But it's it's about getting out there. And now I couldn't have dreamed what your group of people have to work with on the Internet and the creation of of, you know, my old days starting off of my career as an advertising guy and a creative guy, I used to drive downtown, walk into a building, look at the name plaque and go up and knock on the door. Could I please <laughs> talk to you? Yeah, that's how you did it. Because there's no, there wasn't even cell phones. I'm that yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah, I had to walk uphill to work, to and well, from work every day in the snow. Yeah, that's what my life. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that about your generation. Yeah, I know. It was tough. I, I don't even know how we're still around. The cool thing for us is that, you know, if you want to learn something, um, you know, I do all my own work basically in my garage. So when I had my, I had a 991.1 GT3 and I did, you know, I did all my maintenance in my garage, you know, spark plugs, oil changes. Um, I did a, a exhaust and everything right in my own garage. And if you don't know how to do something, YouTube's an amazing source for oh, yeah. for knowledge. It's incredible. You know, the the guy from Obsessed Garage, man, I've watched more of his videos on how to do stuff. And it's, you know, he does a great job and yeah. I, it's easy to follow. And I'm like, why am I going to bring it to a dealer and let him? you know, charge me $700 to do spark plugs when it takes me an hour. Yeah. Matt Mormon's been a guest here on the show, Obsessed Garage. He and I have a lot of funny links going way back, especially with <laughs> the sale of Facom tools and so forth back in my Grails days. But yeah, I mean, there's so many opportunities here uh, for so many people. So you, you create a great inspiration. We'll take a short break. We come back. Let's talk about cars, of course, and uh, maybe a challenge or two. So sit tight, keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic, and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang a Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy, slick finish that, well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of Carnuba Wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang a Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is the best of both worlds. Go to autogeek.net to get yours 
for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. Jim Canova is a past guest here on Cars Yeah, and he's detailed over 8,000 vehicles. And that kind of professional experience leads to innovation. He was tired of uncomfortable stools and creepers and being down on his knees when detailing cars. So as a result, Jim thought, you know what, there must be a better way. And he invented the Bumby Seat. His unique design gets you off your knees and your bum onto a far more comfortable seating position for all your low-level automotive detailing. The Bumby Seat, with its patented full-flat design, allows you to adjust your position to the task at hand. Convenient side trays hold your car care products, tools, cloths, or a tasty beverage. Built for the toughest driveways and garage tasks, the Bumby Seat has wheels that roll easily over almost any surface, and it makes a great around-the-home adjustable stool for hobbies, yard work, or take it to the car show. The full-flat design makes storage a breeze. Jim has launched an Indiegogo fundraiser, and you can get in on the start of what's sure to be an industry favorite. Go to Indiegogo.com and type in Bumby Seat, that's B-U-M-B-E-E, Seat, to be one of the first in line to start improving your automotive detailing experience today. That's Bumby Seat on the Indiegogo.com website. A fun folding mobile seat design. And as an extra bonus, you can use the code CARSYEAH and get 15% off your Bumby seat. That's code CARSYEAH on the Indiegogo website. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe. That the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. 
So we are back. Let's talk about a big challenge, a big obstacle that you faced sometime in your career, in your life. And this is more about what it taught you so you could move forward in a positive way. Yeah. I mean, so one of the things for me is when you are in a pretty good sized company and you go through a, a merger with a bigger company, um, there's a lot of politics that happened during that time. And that for me, so when uh, dealer.com was originally purchased by a company called Dealer Track, and then almost immediately after they bought us, Cox Automotive went in and bought Dealer Track. So we were sold twice in the matter of like a year and a half. So there was definitely a lot of, you know, a lot of politics that were going on behind it. That was really my start because I'm, I'm still in my young 20s, mid 20s. I didn't understand politics in the workplace. And that really is what let me understand it and let me start understanding how to negotiate and navigate that that better. So I would say that was very difficult to overcome because I didn't understand it. You know, it also helped me understand it better. So that way, moving forward in the future, I can I can read it and, um, you know, interact with it more, more effectively. Yeah. Well, going from a small business that grows and then acquisition and then acquisition huge changes, dynamics. And and you hear this all the time. And, and this is another thing that is good for listeners out there who may want to eventually have their own businesses is controlling your own destiny. But it sounds like to me, and your company is not a tiny company, but it's not a Cox either. Yeah. So you've kind of gone back to your roots where, and that's the thing I like is being in a smaller company. And I've always worked in smaller companies now, my really small company, but, uh, but uh, I set that goal. I told, told myself after years, I want a job that has no employees and no commuting. <laughs> well, look what I got. I commute down the hallway and I work with the guy in the mirror. I kind of like funny. it. Yeah. At this point in my life, it's pretty cool. Going back to a smaller brand where you can touch more things because these big companies become super siloed. Yep. And all of a sudden, that may seem okay, but what people don't realize is when that happens, one day, somebody could walk in your office and, say, and you may think you, you're set and on a great track and say, someone else owns this now, all you guys need to go home. Yeah. No offense, but I'm rich, you're not, goodbye, see ya. There's that, and also as you talk about your, you know, you get these silos that happen, um, you lose the the teammanship, you lose the communication, I remember, you know, in my first days of being there that you'd have an issue and you'd walk over to production and you'd be like, hey, I've got this problem. And they'd be like, no worries, I got you. Yeah. And, you know, towards the later days before I left, it'd be you'd walk over and be like, hey, you know, we got this problem. And it's like, oh, well, that's not in our scope of work. You know, you're going to have to go through four different layers. And it's like, well, you know, there's an there's an issue now for a client and it, and it, it becomes less about the client and more about you know, more about the politics in the business than, you know, taking care of the people that rely on us to do do the job. So, you know, for me, being at the smaller company, like you said, you can touch more things, but you also have a more dynamic culture than somewhere at a, you know, somewhere at a big company where it's, it's siloed out. You got multiple layers of, you know, executive management and, uh, you know, middle management where it's not as agile. It's not as fluid as a, a smaller company. Well, and you get people protecting their positions and yep. yeah, it gets, it gets pretty nasty. Remember that scene in Ford versus Ferrari when Shelby goes up to the ninth floor, the 17th floor, whatever that floor that Mr. Ford was on and, and you know, he's pissed off because they didn't win the race and they had a problem. And Carol Shelby, who is like the consummate hands dirty 
guy. I mean, he's into it. Loves it. He goes, I just watched that red envelope pass five different hands before it got to your desk. That's not the way you win races. I mean, to me, that is what we just talked about, right? It's it's an exact example of it. And thank goodness Mr. Ford said, go win a race. Get out of here. And all the all the suits that followed him in that were standing there, you could see the look on their faces like, what just happened? Yeah. It's not the way we do things. I'm the marketing guy. I'm the director of, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not the way Carol Shelby got races one. So, yeah. yeah that's very a, cool. That is, the, that is the perfect character of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did that really well in that movie. So let's talk about cars. Now, you've had some very, very cool cars. Uh, I'm going to list off a couple. Shelby GT350R, a yep. Fiat 500 Abarth. Wow, yep. there's a transition. Uh, <laughs> Civic SI EP3, a Porsche 911 GT3. Love it. Uh, Ram 1500 Eco Diesel, a Gen 2 Ford Raptor. And you currently have a GT4, a Macan, and a Touareg. I want to talk about one special car. You talk about it. That really stands out in your past. It's hard because I've owned a lot of cars because I, as, as that list shows, I'm very dynamic. I, I mean, if it's cool, I want to drive it or own it. I think so. Eclectic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say my top favorite car is definitely the GT3. Um, you know, it, it's the iconic 911 looks, but it still has the, you know, the, the characteristics of something special. Um, you know, I like the GT4. I really enjoy it. It handles really well, but it's not a GT3. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, it just doesn't have, I, I don't go into my garage and look at the GT4, but I used to go into the garage and open it up and look at the GT3 and go, ah, that is beautiful. Yeah. I think we were talking about when reality comes back, I think I'll probably end up going to a 992 GT3 at some point. Yeah, well, reality. What's reality? I think reality's been redefined. Um, no. boy, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be in the future, but uh, I hope it's not overpriced cars because <laughs> it, it kind of pushes a lot of people out of the market that uh, typically could get into it. So I'm going to be your car psychologist today. Uh-oh. Okay, yeah, uh-oh. We're going Am I in to trouble? A, well, I don't know. We'll get the box of tissues out, see if I can bring you to tears <laughs> uh, on, the, on the analyst couch here. So if you were reincarnated, pun intended, manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? This isn't what you want to be, though. This is how you perceive the guy in the mirror. So you got to dig deep into your into your soul. This is an easy question for me. I would be a Toyota FJ40. Okay. Why is that? It might not be the fastest thing, but I'll tell you, it'll get there every single time. It'll go long ways, and it'll go through anything to get to its destination. This is a... I won't say it's a common answer, but it's it's been pretty pretty prolific here. I've had Ford F one fifties, Range Rovers, Land Defender, you know, Defenders. I mean, yeah, I, and I get it. Yeah, just I, I'm a guy who gets it done. Doesn't have yep. to do it with flash. Doesn't have to do it fast. But I get there. Yep. And of course, the Toyota FJ forty. And I mentioned uh, Jonathan Ward and the incredible stuff that he's doing. I just had yeah. a recent guest on the show doing the same thing. Uh, yeah, very very cool. So, is there a great book that you'd like to share that you've read that uh, uh, you gleaned a lot of uh, interesting things from, or you enjoyed? So I don't know if you've ever read the book by the Stig, the the man in the white suit. I had him on my show. So that is, uh, you know, that that was a pretty amazing book just to see, you know, how how hard that man worked. You know, you you don't see it from the TV show, right? You see it for for him driving for 20 minutes doing a lap on the track, but to see that he was, you know, SAS while being a race car driver, while, 
you know, working with uh, the BBC on Top Gear, I I found that book to be amazing. You know, that one Top Gear show where Michael Schumacher took the helmet off and, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I'm sure there's still a lot of people that thought, really? He's, you know, uh, yeah. he was the real Stig. But yeah, for the, the real Stig, the original Stig, and then uh, there was a later Stig, an American Stig. And I mean, yep. there's, a, you know, I even tried to reach out to the little Stig. There's a guy now who's a young man doing social media. I'll get him one of these days. Um, <laughs> he'll, he'll realize the importance of being on cars. Yeah. At his young age. Uh, but that's a great book and a great story. Yeah. A lot of hard work. Incredible. Now, I mentioned in the beginning, one of the ways you like to give back is you rescue dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. So um, I wasn't really a, a dog guy. I mean, I like, I've always liked dogs. Um, my wife and I moved to the mountains in North Carolina to um, run a Subaru dealership up there. And I was out driving. I was four-wheeling, actually. I, I was out in the woods and walking down the middle of this little path. I, I'll call it a goat path because that's what it was like, was this floppy-eared beagle just walking in the middle of the path. So I get out and I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? Yeah, like, what are you doing in the middle of nowhere? What are you doing out here? And he was pretty tore up. He'd been out there for a long time. Like He was eating dirt. It was really sad. So I was like, well, the car that I'm in is one of the dealer owner's cars. I was like, I was like, whatever. I'm this dirty old dog. Yeah. Yep. So I threw him in the, the car. And soon as I threw him in, he threw up all over the interior. Of course he did. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, what's the owner going to do? Right. So first thing I do, we get out of the woods. I go I go to him and I'm like, I was like, I, I've got a problem. I was yeah. like, I think you're going to be mad. And he comes out and he goes, what's the problem? I was like, I made your car pretty dirty. And he looks at it and he goes, you did the right thing. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's cool. So uh, long story short, after about three weeks, I ended up giving him uh, right immediately after I gave him to an adoption company. And about three weeks later, he comes up to me and he goes, well, where's your dog at? And I was like, I don't have a dog. He goes, yeah, that little beagle. And I was like, no, I was like, I gave him to a rescue. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm here, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't have, have time, time for, for a dog. dog. Yeah. And he's like, no, bring him to work. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, bring him to work. So long story short, I went back, I picked him up and uh, he, he was at the dealership with me. He's actually been almost at every job I've ever been in since that. Uh, he's traveled with me to the, to the stores or, you know, traveling or what have you. And, uh, you know, I fell in love with him. And so we adopted a, a second and a third. And <laughs> we, uh, we, we volunteered after Hurricane Michael and found four puppies in a garbage bag that someone dumped. And I ended up keeping two of those. So I've got five, five, five dogs in my house. It's like a zoo. Well, good for you and your, your wife. That's a wonderful thing that you do. Uh, much needed for sure. So I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive today. This is kind of a fun thought. I'm going to buy you any car in the world and park it in your garage. You can take it anywhere and you can take anybody with you, even somebody who's passed. So somebody from history. What does the ultimate drive look like for a guy who's been on many ultimate drives? Oh, man, I'll tell you. It, it For me, it would probably be like a 73 RS 911. Okay. Um, you know, I'd want it probably like the, the powder blue. I know they didn't make it that color, but you know, we have ways to, ways to do that now. Need to sample. Yep. We have ways to do that now. Um, the drive though, man, I'll tell you the best places I've ever driven are either the mountains in North Carolina 
out through, you know, like um, the Tale of the Dragon area. You have Trakala Highway. You've got Tale of the Dragon. You've got uh, 226 Alternate, which are all amazing drives, um, or Angeles Crest. So it'd have to be one of those one of those two areas. I mean, that's just some of the best driving I've ever done. And, uh, you know, if I could ride with anybody, I'd bring my grandpa back. You know, he's he was such a strong influence in my life. And, you know, I, when he when he ended up passing away, you know, I didn't realize how much that would affect me and how much I really you know cared for him. Yeah. Wow. What a great drive. Yeah. The classic iconic collectible long hood, the 73 <laughs> RS Carrera. Um, you know, you think about, I think about the RSRs they built for the, uh, race of champions. And I think they yeah. had a blue one in that group. They had a bunch yeah. of different colors, you know, um, yep. you think about, so you think the powder blue kind of thing, like the Gulf blue kind of color is that, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, anybody who goes on the Porsche configurator these days can see some amazing colors. I mean, they've just opened the world to, well, they had it before, but now you can see it. See it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is making my choice of cars very difficult. <laughs> I want something special though. You have taken us on a very fun ride, Joshua. And I'll tell our listeners, some of my guests are tough people to land. Joshua is a very busy guy. So I've worked hard to get him on the show. So I really appreciate you taking time yeah. out of a super busy schedule you have. Before I let you go, I know you're you're saying there at your company is breathing new life into classic Broncos, but is there a success quote or a mantra you could share with our listeners that has great meaning for you? For me personally or for yeah. the company? Well, either or. So I think for the for the company, I don't know if there's one mantra you know, we we always say that we're bringing life into the classics. You know, it, we're it, so that's kind of one of the things that we talk about here is that we're modernizing classic vehicles and you know making them so they're they're drivable for today's standards. You know, we can you can do 70, 80 miles an hour in one of our Broncos, one hand on the wheel. It's you know you don't get the sloppy play in the steering wheel. Oh yeah, we know that feeling. <laughs> Um, you don't get the sloppy play. The suspension's great. You, and I mean, 460 horsepower in a, you know, 3,100 pound vehicle, it, it, it moves too. So, you know, that's one of the things that we say here for me personally, man, what I always tell young people, cause you know, I, I, I have a, I have some young people that work under me, just keep an open mind and learn as much as you can. Uh, and, you know, it's easier than ever to do that these days. So uh, take a Joshua's advice. Uh, he's forged a nice path for all you youngsters out there. So <laughs> I, I really say that. I think I did. How can people learn more about Velocity Modern Classics? So we have a uh, Instagram account, Velocity Modern Classics. Um, actually, it's Velocity Restorations on Instagram. Uh, we also have TikTok, same thing. And then you can find us on Facebook. And our website is www velocityrestoration.com. We didn't talk about it, but these uh, cars and coffee that you run, you've got a yes. Facebook for that, right? Uh, we do. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's actually, so we just rebranded it. You know how some of the, the car people are, they did a, they did a good size burnout and got us thrown out of the, uh, the spot that we were renting. I know that always happens. So we, we just rebranded it. Um, our first one rebranded is coming up in October. And uh, it's on Facebook and Instagram. It's Crestview Cars and Coffee. You can find it that way. It's called Okaloosa Cars and Coffee now. But the last one that we had, we had probably, I think, five to 600 cars and probably, you know, 800 people go. So 
for where we're at, that's a, that's a significant event. Okaloosa Cars and Coffee. Wonderful event you're putting on. I mean, the, these these events have really changed the whole world of people getting together. And I've said this before, I'm getting ready to head off to Car Week here, Pebble Beach, Concord Car Week. It is about the people. The cars are just the catalyst that bring us all together, but it's about the people, right? 100%. I mean, you know, through the whole whole thing it's super busy for me and uh my friend john he him and i started it and i would say 99 percent of the time we're, we're busy but we're not busy going and you know looking at the cars we're busy talking to everybody that you know that that's coming in then you know we we've grown a pretty close-knit group of guys that you know we hang out with um i actually just got done a uh I set up a cruise out through the foothills of Alabama this weekend. We had nine Porsches go and a BMW. Um, so, you know, it's really opened up those doors to allow me to, you know, network outside of just that. And it's really built relationships and inroads and it's helped me connect with people that I probably would have never connected with before. So, you know, for me, yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right. It's about connecting at that base level, human level with people that you probably would have never talked to before. You know, it's another great thing we talked about earlier, uh, Joshua and I, is for young people trying to find a career into this world. Go to these cars and coffee events and talk to people. Ask them about their car. They'll tell you everything you never wanted to know. And also <laughs> ask them about what they do for a living because you never know who you'll meet. Bring business yeah. cards. Yeah, old-fashioned business cards. Easy to get them printed these days. I like to use Moo. I'll give them a plug. Uh, they make wonderful <laughs> business cards. but And they're not paying for that, but thank you. or You're welcome, Moo. But take those and hand them out and ask for information and follow up because you never know. What a connection at one of these events will do for you. Joshua, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing some fun with us today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!